Welcome to a special summer bonus episode of the Food Professor Podcast recorded live in our on-site podcasting studio at the Seattle Food Innovation Show in Toronto. Over three great days in May, Sylvan and I met dozens of food innovators and thought leaders. These are their stories. I'm sure you will enjoy hearing these incredible interviews as much as we enjoy hosting the conversations. Stay tuned for season four of the Food Professor podcast, Canada's top food industry and Canadian produce independent management podcast, when we return live on the mic Thursday, September 21st. Debbie, welcome to the Food Professor Podcast at Seattle. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing very good. I'm, I'm excited to learn all about your products. Uh, Sylvain popped by your booth uh, yesterday and said, you've got to meet this woman and you've got to try our products. And, awesome. and uh, so here you are. So I am. Tell me about, about yourself. Who are you and, and what do you do for a living? Well, obviously, I make cookies for a living yeah, somewhere yeah. along the line. But actually, we have a company called You Love Foods. It mm-hmm. is out in Broomfield, Colorado. The unique factor of our cookies is that it is free of all 14 known allergies, allergens here in Canada. Wow. Okay. So we've taken everything out. And do not ask me how I did that because I could not tell you. Mm. What, what's your <laughs> but, background? How did you get into making cookies. Do you come from the food industry or did you come to it or talk about that a bit? Well, actually, I've always liked to bake, but I never had any education in it. Um, Back in 2001, my husband was diagnosed with stomach cancer and his stomach was removed. From there, he couldn't eat a lot of the traditional foods. So I ended up creating a cinnamon roll that was gluten-free. That Cinnamon roll ended up being in Whole Foods, natural growth. But how did you? that? How did you just like the average person just doesn't create a gluten-free product? Like, where did you start? Did you do some research? Said I, there's a need. Like, take me through those uh, days. Well, what I there was some research, but because I know a little bit about bacon, I've been doing it for since I was a little kid. Sure. Um, I was able to go online and find a combination of a gluten-free flour. And that actually is the for the base of everything is the gluten-free flour. And you have to find the just right one. I make my own. No, I do not mill the um, yeah, rice. I was going to say. Do, I do go out and buy the rice flour and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. the combination is this, actually the secret of the whole thing. The combination of rice flour and tapioca and all that mm. stuff combined makes it it. It did take, oh, I would say about six months or so to get that to just to where it needed to be. Mm. We did end up doing a gluten-free cinnamon roll, which was frozen. It was in Whole Foods, and it was in a bunch of other different stores. But it's very, very time-consuming, one that I didn't realize until I got into it. Mm. So we decided to kind of break away from that and offer gluten-free cookies. Well, the cookies were good, but they were only gluten-free. And so the stores are like, well, you know, gluten-free is dead. Can't send them to schools or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, you got to come up with something mm. else. So our thought was, well, we either close and just call it quits or we revamp. And that's what we did. We revamped ourselves. We started taking out the eggs, the dairy, everything that was not, everything that you that's a possibility of being allergic to is out of the cookie. Okay. And now at this point, you had moved outside your kitchen. You'd gone to a co-packer right. or set it up. Um, Talk about actually, that a bit. Actually, we were very, very fortunate. We did a commercial kitchen. We rent it. You know, when the rent goes up, you get a little cranky. Mm. 
and you stay there, the rent goes up, you get crankier. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you really do get cranky. But after a while, we drove around my, uh, my town, and we found a sign that said for rent, a warehouse. So we stopped in there, talked to the gentleman. My mind was kind of set on buying something, but I said, okay, I'll just talk to him and see what happens. He can show me around. At the end of the day, I told him, I'm sorry, I just really want to buy. He goes, well, you know what? Maybe I really want to sell. Huh. And that's how we bought our facility. Right from there, we bought in two other locations right next to us. So we're we're in a good spot. We can grow as we need to. Mm. It is our own facility, which is nice. We don't have anybody else sharing it. So there's no chance of cross-contamination on our food and stuff. I was um, watching a panel, listening to a panel with Sylvain and a Canadian entrepreneur. You remind me of Jake Carls and the, uh, they're called Midday Squares. And they were talking about how... um, you know, the, the secret to their success is they don't go to a co-packer. Yeah. That they, in some cases, invent, they pretty much customized or invented the, the, the procedures or at least the manufacturing. Is that your similar line of thinking? Exactly, exactly. Well, we have not found a co-packer yet that can fit all our criteria because some of them might not have, might not allow nuts, but they have soy in it or they have sesame seed, which now is a new one into, at least for the United States, is sesame seed. Hmm. So um, we just figure it's easier to capture and keep everything safe. If I want to tell you your child can eat that even though they're allergic to peanuts, I want to be able to say that. I do not want to have to say was made or could be made. Could be. Something could happen, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. May come into contact with and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I did not want to do that and offer that to a child because... You, once a child tries them, they really are good. You, so. Well, I'm going to try one live uh, here on the show. So let's talk about uh, what you're doing here at Seattle. So what, what brings you to the show? You're looking for distribution in the country? or We are actually looking for... <laughs> we are actually looking for distribution. Okay. Um, we are all set, ready to go. We are looking for a distributor. And um, I know that these will hit the market once they are ready. Yep. They will be a good fit. There is nothing else like it out there. That's, now, I guess, that's a I guess, factor. And I guess someone, you said you you probably are in Whole Foods mm-hmm. uh, in the States. So, I mean, you've got uh, 14 or so Whole Foods here. So, you've got some natural introductions we do, to pull into the market. No, they usually don't talk to each other. It's kind of like one hand doesn't <laughs> talk to the other hand. Starting um, fresh. Yeah, so it, it is a new market. You don't you don't really have those connections as you do in the United States because of the difference of the clientele and yeah. the regions and stuff like that. So right. it is a new knock on the door. And you're ready to do the bilingual packaging. You're, yes, you're, you're fine with the scale and yep. all that stuff. Yep, we got all of that all set, ready to go. Um, and the nice thing again, one good plug, which that person is probably why. We can flip our production line real quickly hmm. if we from United States to Canada labeling because we own it. We own the facility right. so we can do You don't have to book to. that in advance with the co-packer, exactly, right? Exactly. I need six out. months notice to switch that uh, switch yeah, that machine yeah, exactly. and $10,000 oh, or whatever. $10,000 or I'm sorry, we're one shy on the line, so yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. going to get it done today. But So, all right, I'm looking at your product. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five different yeah. uh, flavor profiles. Um, is this the whole assortment? That is the whole assortment. We do have um, protein cookies coming out, but okay. they're not out yet. So this is the assortment that you'll get to try today. So the protein cookie, kind of a better for you category kind of? It is. It's going to um, have uh, pea protein in it, and it'll have the exact same capacity of what's in there. Okay. So they'll be free of everything, which I have not found a protein cookie that will fit that niche Interesting, yet. interesting. Now, of these flavors, and I see... 
cherry brownie birthday cake mint brownie snickerdoodle love that and brownie do you have a personal favorite I actually like the mint or the snickerdoodle. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try the mint. Seller is that brownie. I'm gonna try the mint. There you go. This is me trying. This is me trying the mint. For you folks at home, mmm, so good. Like like the freshness comes right out of the package and the aroma from the from the cookie. I can tell why. uh, So man would have loved this. This is great. (laughs) You've been at this for a long time. How do you see 23-24? You're trying to expand into Canada. Right. Is that the first step of a global expansion, or are you just happy to kind of do North America? How are you thinking about both innovation and growth in your company? We are hoping to hit Canada, go into New Mexico, Mexico area, mm-hmm. and then from there go into the Europe area. Okay. Um, we were all set to go into Europe, but they did not like one of our ingredients, so we had to take it out and mm-hmm. reformulate it so now it fits it. They do not like monk fruit. Oh, okay. So we took it right out of there, and yeah. so that way we don't have of to all, worry Of the whole about line. The whole line, so we don't have to worry about it. Um, they haven't approved it yet as a sweetener out there. Okay. And um, are you looking to expand the line, or you're kind of comfortable, like flavor profiles, you're comfortable? I mean, it's already a pretty substantial it, line. It is, but I'd like to make a couple of other ones. Um, I know people have brought up to me a lemon one and a mm. strawberry mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and one for the holidays, which would be like a spicy ginger pumpkin type one. So there's always room for more flavors. So what's your advice to the listeners? Let's say there's an entrepreneur listening who's kind of in the place you were 15, 20 years ago. And I guess, you know, I guess the classic question is to ask you, you know, if you had to do it all over again, knowing what you do today, is there anything you would have done different? You're obviously very successful, but you know, Mm I guess it's a two-part question because it's not like it was 15, 20 years ago, so the, the environment has changed. But it, as you reflect on your journey creating this product and, and getting it to market, is there anything you would have done differently or any advice you would share to someone who's starting the same journey? I would not have changed it for the world. I mean, every step of the way you do learn something. And if you don't learn something, then you're not in the right spot. You have to learn to grow and you have to accept no Mm -hmm. because there's more no's than yes's at the beginning. Sure. And that's a hard one for people, especially if your product is, no matter where your product is, if it's a good product, it's hard to hear someone say no. Yeah. It just may not fit on the shelf. It may may not be the right time or whatever. It may not be the right time. We had one gentleman, we knocked on his door for three years and he finally let us in. Mm. But... You hear more no's than yeses, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It will happen if you keep going. And so persistence is... The is, persistence there, and you have yeah. to be ready to go. The other thing is you just have to be ready to go without, too, because um, fortunately or unfortunately, there's not a lot of money when you first start up. I yeah, mean, yeah. you have to kind of give and take and be prepared for that end of it. Uh, how do you see the environment today? I mean, you're trying to grow, with, which means you've probably mm-hmm. got some... You know, resources in the company, but you're probably outside looking for opportunities to grow. Again, you've you've been part of this industry up front and close mm-hmm. for many years. What's your perspective today? I mean, I you know, if we were sitting together last year, uh, I was hearing that the grocers really they were buckled down for the post-COVID year. They weren't taking new listings, and then you know things have started to blossom up. Uh, we got food price inflation. We got all kinds of things going on. How is mm-hmm. how are those conversations going when you when you have them? Well, it's really hard to judge that. You have to judge everything according to where you're pricing. Everything's price geared. 
So your your greeting costs, I'm sure, have gone they up, have not down. Gone up. Unfortunately, but yeah. they do go down if I buy a lot of it. Okay. So now okay. we're at the position now where we can get a pallet versus a bag, a 50-pound bag. We now can order a pallet full. Yeah. So that's where you're going to start making your margins. Mm. Unfortunately, that does take time to get to that point. If someone was to put something on the market today, I would say base it on how much you actually would want to pay for that not what you as a consumer as a consumer what you would pay for how much are you willing to pay for that product because if you're not willing to pay more than two bucks for it then why are you charging them two bucks Mm. or more than very pragmatic yeah Um, and what's the retail price point in the u.s or actually it's 199 199 right right and to me that's a good standpoint Mm. if it's over that then i kind of feel uncomfortable I want people to be able to put it on their table or give it to their child or take it for a walk or whatever and whatever, be able yeah. to ju- enjoy it mm. and not feel like I just took their last dollar yeah, yeah. for whatever. So that might be two forty nine in Canada or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. they decided was two forty nine to two ninety nine is where yeah. it's going to fit into the Canada market. And and uh, I, last question for you. I, I got a lot of questions for you, but the kind of last <laughs> that's question okay. for you. You know, as you, as you think about distribution, are you interested in box store specialty? Mainline grocer or all of the above? All of the above. Anybody right. and everybody because I, I my product, because it, it's so different than everybody else's out there, I know it will, once it gets onto the shelf, it mm-hmm. should sell. And what's your level, uh, last question, what's your level of optimism? You have good conversations here? And you think you think we might, as Canadians, be able to enjoy your product uh, this I year, so. next year? I think so. By oh, the end exciting. of this year or maybe the middle of the year, you should be able to enjoy it. Exciting. Yes. So in the meantime, let's say uh, someone wants to get a hold of you and learn more about the product from the trade. How do they get in touch with you? You can email me at debbie at youlovefoods.com or you can just go onto our website, which is youlovefoods.com and reach out to us there. Fantastic. And for yeah. the many, many listeners, some already based in the U.S., some Canadian who visit the U.S. often, you're widely, fairly widely, I think you mentioned Whole Foods, but I'd imagine you're we are, some pretty uh, good distribution. Our strong presence, though, believe it or not, is actually in the e-commerce end of town. Mm. Um, snack, we're in a lot of snack boxes and that stuff in nature. Mm. Because of because of COVID, do you sell, do you sell direct? Do you have a direct? We business? do sell it direct. If you so, if you want to order it online, we certainly will ship it out to mm. you. How do you how do you um, do that? How do you blend? Okay, I said it was the last question. But now I got another question. <laughs> um, just as you think about it, is is because you want to have that both, you know, you want your cookie and eat it too, right? You yep. both want relationship with customers. You want that secret sauce of one plus one mm-hmm. equals three. Mm-hmm. How do you think of that? You're you're. You know, when you're discussing with the trade, they say, hey, you go direct. Is that just not a discussion point anymore? It's kind of the modern retail, or does it come uh, up? It, it does come up with some of the retailers. So it's what their comfort zone is. We will, you know, if they want to use a distributor, that's fine. But I personally, if you want me to ship it out to you, I'll mm. gladly ship out a pallet. It's not a big yeah. issue. And you ship direct to, like, a consumer? Can I, I will ship directly to a consumer. We yeah. actually have a couple of promotions. We have one online now where if you buy 12 cookies, you get four free, or you can send those to a friend, mm. and we'll ship them to your friend at, you know, at no cost to you. Is that a bigger piece of the... See, there again, I got another question. Is that mm-hmm. a bigger piece of the business than you thought, the direct yeah. to, to consumer piece? It is. It is because... Before COVID, it was odd. I mean, people did not think that they were on yeah, to buy yeah. a cookie online. Yeah, yeah. Now, after COVID, it's 
no one thinks anything of it. You want some cookies delivered? There you go. It's going to be drop shipped right to your house. Don't worry about it. It's a new world. It. It's a whole new it's world. It's a whole new world, and it's very strange. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Debbie, thanks so much for joining me Thank on the you. Food Professor Podcast. It was great to know, get to learn about you and your business. Your cookies, they're delicious. So awesome. congratulations. Enjoy them. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. If you like what you heard, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, your favorite podcast platform, so you can catch up with all our great interviews, including celebrity chef, restaurateur, and entrepreneur, Chuck Hughes. These Summer CL bonus episodes of the show will be released every Thursday, and be sure to tell all your friends and colleagues in the food service, grocery, and restaurant industry all about us. I'm Sylvain Chalabois, the food professor, author of eight books, and senior director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab at Dalhousie University. And I'm Michael LeBlanc, consumer retail growth consultant, keynote speaker, and producer and host of a series of retail trade podcasts, including this one. You can learn more about me on LinkedIn. Have a safe summer, everyone. Bon été tout le monde.